privilege to uh, share with you uh, continuing the series that, that Andy began on uh, thankful. I'm going to tilt this down a little bit. And I, I'm going to continue that seri series, and we're going to uh, begin, begin by reading Psalm 111. Now, you're not going to see it on the Air Bible because I didn't include that in what I sent to Andy, okay? So what I'm going to do is I just want you to listen. You don't even have to get your electronic gadget or anything. Just listen while I read Psalm 111, and then we'll go back and, and see the points that I've picked out. Starts out, praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of God. All who delight in him shall ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good. And all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true. To be, a, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. You know, when I read that, I'm thinking, okay, how many takeaways can I get from those 10 verses? And it wasn't until I read it through about the third or fourth time that I thought, wow, there's a lot more takeaway here than I realized when I first started reading it. I mean, we begin in verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. How many of you know that that's a transliteration in English that means what? Hallelujah. And the other thing you may not know is that that is in the imperative verse. It means it's not a suggestion, praise the Lord. It means do it. It's a command. Praise the Lord. It's interesting to me that when you see that, what he's talking about is, okay, what was I created Four. I was created to worship and adore someone, to do it personally and directly. And then he goes on, he says, not only do I know what I'm created for, but I know what I'm to do, and that is praise the Lord. And not only do I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm supposed to do how am I supposed to do it? He says, with all my heart. 
That means my entire being. And that can be expressed in a numerous ways. It can be expressed exuberantly. It can be expressed with raising your hands. It can be expressed kneeling down. It can be expressed in a lot of different ways. You know, you hear people say, well, I went to that church, but it was pretty dead. Maybe the church wasn't nearly as dead as you were. <laughs> See, because what we do is we determine how worship should take place. All he's doing here is an imperative. He says, you must do this. You must worship the Lord. You were created to worship Amen. the Lord. And then he goes on and he says, not only that, he says, as I meet, where does it take place? As I meet with his godly people. You know, scripture says that in the last days we're not to forsake what? Yes. The assembling of ourselves together. I want to tell you something. As I've grown older and older, what I've come to understand is what we do here is very precious. And I want to tell you that there will never be another service like this service. And the reason is because there's going to be different people every single time. And God's going to do different things. And so we're supposed to treasure these moments together. You don't get up and go, oh gosh. It's Sunday morning. i got to go to church. That's a horrible attitude. But you may have that attitude. That's why you come. Because in the uniqueness of meeting with other believers, like Andy said, as he usually is an example, maybe that person shows up and they're down. And they need you to pray for them. Or they may need you to worship for them because they can't do it. Remember last week when Jen got up and said she couldn't sing those songs? See, so there was something going on in her, but she was here. And so in the midst of God's people, he comes to touch us when you don't feel like that at the moment. You know, last night as I was thinking about this, well, early this morning, actually, <coughs> and Andy said part of it, and here's what I know, there might be people in this room you had a very difficult time with worship. And you had a difficult time with worship, not just because you were feeling bad, but because you don't know the one who's the object of your worship. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're watching this online, and you go, this is really foreign to me, but God's doing something there. He's, he's tugging on your heart. And what I want you to know is that at the end of the service, yes, we're going to have people pray. You may need prayer to meet this person named Jesus. And I want to tell you this, it's the greatest thing that you'll ever experience. Amen. Although C.S. Lewis said this about Christianity and mere Christianity. He said, Christianity is hard and it's easy. You know why it's hard? Because when Jesus Tugs at your heart. He wants all of you. He doesn't want a part of you. He wants all that you are. And it's hard because you know why? We want to hold back. 
We want to control things. Anybody in here, you like to control things? You don't have to raise your hand. I don't want you to raise your hand. You like to control things. But it's easy. You know why it's easy? Because he takes the initiative. You can't come to the Father unless he draws you. And so he gives you that desire to have a relationship with him. And so if he's doing that, and he's tugging on your heart this morning as we sang those songs, as we said that responsive reading, I would encourage you to respond. Take that 50-foot walk. Or if you're online and you're listening, get a hold of that number there so that somebody can pray with you. Whether to be to have enter into a relationship with Jesus, or maybe there's other things going on in your life that you need prayer for. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about being thankful. So the first takeaway is God created a worshiping community. Say, God did that. Do you know that we're not the only ones worshiping? All over the world today, people are worshiping. But I want to tell you, beyond the world, there are people worshiping. In fact, I want to read this to you from Revelation. It's not going to show up in the air Bible because I didn't include it when I sent the stuff in, okay? But it says this. It talks about the four living beings. And then it says this. Day after day and night after night, they keep saying this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who always was, the one who is, and the one who is still to come. So that's, that's the four living beasts. They're doing this day and night. Oh, but then it goes on and talks about the 24 elders. And it says they fall down, put their crowns down there, and here's what they say. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. And then it goes on. And then it says this. It says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. You, my brothers and sisters, and you who are just friends, you were created to worship. Isn't it amazing how excited we can get about other things? I mean, some of you may be watching football. And you're excited about what's going on there. And then others of you are watching football. You know, and there's a vast difference, isn't there? And maybe your favorite team yesterday did well. I know mine did. 
I didn't think they were going to do well. They didn't look very good, but they pulled it out. But maybe your team didn't pull it out. And maybe this morning you're in mourning. <laughs> but you know what? That's all going to pass away. But the reality that we've been created to worship is going to last throughout eternity. And so we're going to join those that I just read about saying those very things. Alright, so then we go on. Verse 2 says, How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in Him should ponder them. In that verse is my second takeaway, and this is it. We're to ponder God's deeds and works. Now I know, for some of you, 2022 has been a challenging year, a difficult year. Maybe you experienced di disappointments, maybe you experienced heartaches. But here's what I, he says, ponder the works of God. So what I want you to do is just take a moment, I want you to ponder the things that God did in 2022 as we into the end of the year. Verse 3 says this, Everything he does reveals his glory and his majesty. His righteousness never fails. As you ponder the things that he did, how did you see his glory and his majesty as he worked in your life. As he allowed you to participate in touching other lives. See, so he says, ponder those things. Think about those things. We have a tendency sometimes, don't we, to be kind of pessimistic. We're going through difficult times and that's what we focus on. What about those things that God did? What about those things he spoke to you? What about those things he revealed to you in his word. Ponder those things. And then in verse 4 it says this. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. Amen. Ponder that. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. What wonderful works did you experience this year. You know, as we prepare for Thanksgiving this Thursday, what wonderful works did you experience? And then he says, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. What in your life did he prevent from happening that was a demonstration of his grace? Did he prevent you from pulling out too far, too quickly when somebody ran a red light? What kind of things did God do? And then he goes on and says, He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. 
He has shown great power to his people by giving them the lands of others. In what ways was God your provider in 2022? In what ways were, did you experience his provisions? See, those are the things he's saying. Go ahead and ponder those things that God has done. See, in these verses, it speaks of a God who is to be experienced. I was reading this, this one, and, and it gives this illustration. It says, when I'm out there drowning in the sea of life, I don't just need to know that there's somebody on the shore that loves me. I need them to get in the water and save me right. and pull me out of that sea. Right. You see, God is a God who is to be experienced in the midst of life. I don't just need to know that he loves me out there distantly. I need to know that up close and personal. That he can touch my life. And that's the reason that we ponder these things. The things that he has done that reveals his glory and his righteousness. His wonderful works. We ponder his works. And he goes on. He says, all that he does is just and good. Sometimes I have to ponder that. Because you know why? At the moment, it doesn't seem like what he's doing is just and good. Have you ever felt that way? And so I have to ponder those things. Okay, God, I don't understand this. What exactly are you doing? And how do I apply that to my life? How do I understand this? And it says, and all his commandments are what? Yeah. Trustworthy. You ever hear anybody say this? Well, you know, I've become a Christian, but really, that's just a straitjacket life. <laughs> I just want to do what I want to do. And how many of you know? God will let you do what you want to do. But how many of you know this? Everything that you want to do is not necessarily good. And there are consequences to those things. And some of those consequences are very unpleasant. And so the, the takeaway is this. We're to live according to God's commandments. See, his commandments are a straitjacket. You know what they really are? They're a safety net. Right. Yes. They keep us where we should be. And so that's why we obey those commandments. Not because, well, man, I can't have any fun. Well, what's your definition of fun? You know, I remember when I was in college, and that was a long time ago, so I have a good memory there. 
But there are a lot of folks that they were having fun. <laughs> well, I remember dragging my roommate out of the bathroom, throwing his mattress on the floor because he had so much fun. <laughs> and to me, it was absolutely disgusting. Yes. Um, we parted ways pretty quickly. When the semester came to end, I said, I don't need this roommate anymore. But he was, he, was having, he was having fun. It's interesting. Andy sent me this uh, thing to listen to. It was about an hour or something. And he sent it to Jan. And after I listened to it, I said, I'm just, don't listen to it because he's going to use words like ontological and epistemology and, <laughs> and hermeneutically and, and all these things. And that's not going to mean much to you. Uh, what is a debate? between a modernist and a postmodern person. And after I listen to that, I'm thinking, this guy has nothing to offer. There's no objective truth. He doesn't even know he's real. And I'm thinking, wow. But what really impacted me in a, in a very negative way was this is what's taking place in the academic level of our culture. Because, see, if you do with a, away with objective truth, you know what you do away with, don't you? You do away with the Bible. You do away... I mean, if I don't know if Chuck's existing or if he doesn't know if I'm existing, I don't know if God's existing. And so there are all kinds of, of questions. So I, I went away with that. I, I mean, I was kind of glad I listened to it. I thought, boy, this guy is more fouled up than I ever imagined. And he's got a PhD. And he's teaching students this stuff. See, I'm glad that I can come to this book with assurance that this is the God who created me, who loves me, who sustains me, who's given me a purpose, and I can believe that. Right. You know, I'm convinced it takes more faith for him to believe that he doesn't understand if he's even real than for me to understand I'm real, Chuck's real, God's real. And we go on. And then verse 9 says, He has paid a full ransom for his people. If you're listening this morning and you don't even know, what does that mean? He paid a full ransom. You know what it means? That he suffered and died to take our place when we're the ones that should have suffered and died. And he paid with his life so that we could be brought back into a right relationship with God our Creator. And that's the only way it takes place. The only way it takes place is through Jesus Christ. That's it. I want to tell you this. Christianity is the only religion on the face of the earth that gets to experience a loving God. Amen. 
a loving God. He's not sitting out there ready to pounce on you. He loves you. When it said God is love, that's not just part of his character. That's who he is. And that he can love us. How many of you remember the time when you didn't love God? See, when you were alienated from him. And guess what? He loved you. And the reason that you have a relationship, the reason I have a relationship with him now is because he loved me. Amen. And he came after me. <coughs> and he waited for me to respond to him. He has redeemed our lives. He has paid the full ransom. He has guaranteed his covenant with us forever. It's not a passing fantasy. It's not a passing trend. God loves us. And then it goes on and says this. What a holy, inspiring name he has. How many of you know this about God? He has lots of names. Can you tell me one? The great I am, Yahweh. How about Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. What else? Jehovah Jireh. What's that? The God who provides. And we could go on and on and on. And what, what it's saying there is God's got it all covered. There's nothing that you can imagine that God doesn't have covered by his name, which he has revealed to us. <clears throat> See, not only are we to live according to his commandments, but we're his covenant people. You know what that means? That every promise he made, you can experience it. Amen. Yes. Paul said it like this. <laughs> He said that every promise that he has made finds its fulfillment in Christ Jesus, and we get to say amen to the glory of God. See, we get to say amen because we are his covenant people. And then he goes on, he says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. You know, fear he's talking about isn't that he's going to squash you like a bug because you, you messed up. Because you know what? There would be no one here today. That's right. We would all be squashed, wouldn't we? That's right. No, fear has to do with reverential <coughs> awe that he's God and I'm not. That he's holy, and yet in his holiness, he loves me and he conforms me into his very image. That's what it's, it's talking about. We're not to be afraid of him. We recognize who he is 
and we recognize who he has made us to be. Fear of the Lord is the source of true wisdom. See, the more that you know him, actually, the wiser you become. See, because the wisdom of this world is what? In Scripture it says it is foolishness compared to the wisdom of God. Amen. And then he finishes with another imperative. He says, praise him. How often? Forever. Praise him forever. And we're going to close the service. Last Saturday I was in a service of remembrance of if you got my thing, you know that a good pastor friend of mine, his wife died. She inhaled last and she finally passed into eternity. Now here's the interesting thing, though. She really believed God was going to heal her. And that's okay. And we prayed for God to heal her. But he chose not to. That's one of the things that I ponder, see. I don't understand that. I know that he could do it in a moment, but he chose not to. And what happened with her is, at first, if if I was to go there and I was to feel, I didn't assume that God was going to heal her. He didn't want, she didn't want you around, because <laughs> she really believed that God was going to heal her. <clears throat> but she had an epiphany late one night. And God said to her, quit focusing on the past, begin to focus on your future. Amen. And your future is with me, the one that you have believed in almost your entire life. And so she said to her husband, Jim, she said, Jim, we, we need to talk. He said, okay. See, at that point, she, she hadn't been able to talk for 18 months. She typed on the machine. She could still do that. And so she said, we need to talk. And she told him what God had said. And he, she said, I'm going to die. But I'm prepared to go meet the one I love. Amen. And I want you to know that. Well, at that service, which I was a, a part of, and I, I read the, the song there, they introduced a song that's, I didn't know it, it's three years old. But I never heard it. And that's the way I want to close this service, because I want us to go out of here worshiping. See, because that's what we've been created to do. To worship God. That's why I hope you came here this morning. And see, we're going to worship in song. We're going to worship in giving. We're going to worship in His Word. We're going to worship as ministry takes place. It's all worship. And so what I want you to do is stand. Now at the end of that song, I'm not going to give another invitation. But if you're here, 
And you don't know Jesus, there will be people up here who will pray with you. Because if you don't know Jesus and you respond, it's because he's caused you to respond. Or maybe you're here and there's other stuff going on in your life and you just need prayer. You know, when I first became a Christian, when I understood, I, I didn't know until later, as I lived out my Christian life, I just thought, you know, wow, you need prayer, you, you just go forward. And you pray. And other people pray with you. I mean, I wasn't going to the altar every week to get saved. I was already saved. I just had stuff going on in my life. And guess what? I still do have stuff going on in my life, and I need people to pray for me. And so if you're here, and that's you, and you need prayer, then you come forward, and there'll be people here to pray for you. Okay? So here's the name of the song is I Speak Jesus. It's going to show up on the screen, and I, I just want you to sing along with the music. So if you say, well, I, I don't know it, then just Watch the lyrics. <laughs> okay? Do that. And turn it up plenty loud that we can hear it. <laughs> I just want to speak names, Jesus. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. 
Again, if you needed prayer, there'll be people up here to pray. 